Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. It's time once again for another Patreon episode. And I know that mm-hmm. uh, Carl and I, this is we're coming back to you after sort of a week off. We did that Mercado Radio episode last week. Yep. Because um, it's just been, I think, a very hectic time for all of us. I've started going back to school. Um, we had to uh, do a lot of preparation for our Mag West mm-hmm. performance that we actually were able to record all together um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we so, should mention that it's going to be pre-recorded, so um, it's not going to be live when it's streamed. We had ar- we have actually already recorded that, so it's just going to be aired on that Saturday, which is good news for all of you because it means that it's going to sound a lot better. <laughs> right. That is one advantage of, I think, the times that we're living in. Obviously, we wish we could all um, be in the same place, and I definitely miss the sort of feeling of performing before a crowd and an yeah. audience, but um, it still was so great just to get to play music with you guys again. And really excited to share that set with all of you. So today, guys, we are focusing on the massive collection of soundtracks and games, I guess, but it's all one umbrella of a game. This is Final Fantasy 14. It's XIV. Now, this was a topic that came to us from Jack, our patron. So thanks, Jack, for your support. And um, not just Jack, but we probably got, you know, 10, 15 emails over the past few years asking us to focus on Final Fantasy 14. And we're finally doing that today. Now, it's a massive game with a massive score and a bunch of different expansions that um, have been added over the years. And so we're going to do our best to give just a taste, a very small taste, uh, in this world. Here, here. I'm really excited. I, I, you know, I don't know a lot about the more recent entries in the Final Fantasy series in terms of, like, what the games are like. And I know that uh, a lot of people have definitely felt that the series, uh, in terms of, again, the the games themselves, have maybe uh, gone off the rails a little bit or diverged Mm -hmm. from kind of what longtime fans of the series really love uh but you know i think for carl and myself our relationship to these games is almost entirely through the music so uh (laughs) from that perspective i do think there's so much great stuff to enjoy in the recent final fantasy games um and it's yeah it's a series that i think uh continues to impress me with every entry yeah so So. let's talk a little bit about this game this game has an interesting history had a little bit of a i wouldn't say a false start but a rough start the original launch of this game in 2010 is considered by a lot of people to be a failure and what they did a few years later in 2013 is they kind of rebranded it and polished it up and so in 2013, they kind of relaunched the definitive version of this game. And the score uh, was kind of changed at that time, too. So most of what we're focusing on today is that redone uh, version of Final Fantasy XIV. That's the right. version that I hear more people talk about. It seems to be more prevalent online. Now, we are going to play two pieces of music from the old, like, defunct version Um, We're also going to play five total pieces from expansions, three from Shadowbringers and two from Stormblood, but the rest is going to be just from 14. So this is, I don't know if you know this, Will, but it's actually an MMORPG, which is kind of interesting to think about that. That is interesting. I actually didn't know that. 
So maybe we can think about that when we talk about the music. Well, let's just dive in because we have a lot of music to get to. Some of these tracks are quite long. And so again, guys, this is just going to be a little taste to give our thoughts on this music. What you guys heard playing in was Torn from the Heavens. And that was composed by the leader of this score. It's Masayoshi Soken. And again, that's from Final Fantasy XIV. The official soundtrack here is called A Realm Reborn Final Fantasy XIV. Let's keep going. The next one we're going to focus on is a track called On Westerly Winds. Let's take a listen. guys listening to a little bit of On Westerly Winds, a really pretty piece of music composed by Masayoshi Soken from Final Fantasy XIV or XIV, the redone version of the game, uh, which has a subtitle A Realm Reborn. Now that version, Soken was kind of the lead composer. um, And I think I was reading somewhere that when you think about the original, when you think about this redone version and all of the expansions, if you count that all as one game, I think Sokin has like a Guinness record for the most number of tracks composed for a game ever. Wow, that's interesting. I was reading that. I can't confirm that, but I was... (laughs) I was reading that somewhere, so it is pretty crazy. Let's just talk about this. Um, This is a score that's mostly sequenced, and we're going to hear that kind of sequenced orchestral sound most of the episode today. Will, what are your initial impressions? I think I really like the composition of this one, and to me, the the believability of the sequencing gets better when once it's a thicker texture with more doubling um but Mm. quite honestly so much of the beginning of it i was a little bit distracted by the sound of those samples particularly in the articulation it sort of sounded like this composer kind of just had the patch open and played a line and it's Mm -hmm. like every note has the same kind of washy Start, which is something that I think gives it away that you're using virtual instruments if you're not kind of yeah. massaging them. But when you look at a soundtrack this massive, I can't even imagine how much time it took them to write, let alone produce and implement all this music. Well, here's the reality. You just cannot spend that much time on any one piece. When you have this much to work on, you just can't. And so that's why the soundtrack might be uh, a little bit up and down, hot and cold. That's just the nature of how much how much music uh, Soken had to compose. So yeah, that actually has a nice little melody there. I tried to pick some of the melodic highlights that I listened to. And again, there's so much music that I'm sure I didn't get to everything 
Um, I tried my best. Uh, let's move on to the next one. This one is a nice highlight to me. It really stood out when I was listening. It's called The Gift of Life, again composed by Sokin. Let's take a listen. Very beautiful. You guys are listening to The Gift of Life. This is from A Realm Reborn, Final Fantasy XIV. Now, Sokin was the lead composer, but there were a couple of additional composers that joined him. And on the original version of the score, it was actually led by Uematsu. And we're going to play two Uematsu pieces in a little bit here. Uh, one of the two other composers that worked with him on A Realm Reborn is uh, Naoshi Mizuda, which we have one of his compositions coming up, and also Suyoshi Sekito, which we have one of uh, their compositions as well. Mm. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, this piece of music. Very emotional, The Gift of Life. Yeah, it's really pretty. This sort of, I don't know, it has kind of the Hisaishi-sounding orchestra with um, very beautifully voiced string chords and that sort Beautiful of wistful, piano. melancholy piano sound. Um, it's interesting. I, I, when it comes to more modern games that f- utilize this kind of uh, musical palette, I'm always curious how they're implemented in the game. Because we've talked mm-hmm. before about uh, some of the stylistic differences um, in Western film music versus a lot of Japanese film music or yeah. Asian film music in general, which is that um, you'll notice there are differences, not just in terms of the musical style, but the approach to scoring and how present the music is in the mix of any given scene. Uh, one thing you'll notice if you know you watch like Studio Ghibli films is that often the music is quite you know he might be writing some very gallant waltz that's richly orchestrated and it's just kind of quiet in the mix while characters (laughs) are talking it's not like during a dance or it's not uh it's i don't know why but those films seem to hold a lot richer music than um we often think of even in animation in the west um and that also you know now that the technology for implementing video game music has become more sophisticated and the ability to integrate different stems and things has become more popular. I'm always curious, not just at the different stylistic approaches between composers from different parts of the world, but how they're implemented. You know, how how does this particular kind of track work in Final Fantasy XIV? You know, I could imagine what its context would be, you know, on like a PS2 era game, but um, lately, you know, the trend for games to have much more interactive soundtracks has become more the standard. So I'd be That's curious That's a good to see question. And I don't know for a game this massive and for an MMORPG, how much of that 
is happening in the score, um, whether it's needle dropping or whether it's dynamic uh, music. I can't imagine it would be because there's just so much music. Um, but in any case, yeah, that was a beautiful piece. And I just get the sense that what that melody we heard is hearkening some sort of other main theme or other important theme of this game. That's kind of the sense that I got. Well, let's just keep moving. The next one we're going to move to is a very thrilling and adventurous piece of music. I like it. It's called The Land Bends. You guys are listening to The Land Bends from Final Fantasy XIV. You can really tell that this is a score that is kind of instinctual for a composer like uh, Sokin. Like, I don't think he is spending a lot of time on any individual piece of music. I think he's going really fast and leading with his instincts. And you hear that on the implementation. You hear that on the composition. It's very fluid. Um, it's very effective score. There's not a lot of moments in the score where a specific melody kind of struck me in that classic video game crafted way. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's interesting about the two Uematsu pieces we're going to play is I got a little bit more of that sense with those. And there are moments of that. But overall, I think there's a lot of really effective score that would fit this game and, and work well in the background, in my opinion. I think that's a good point, yeah. A particular track like this isn't necessarily offering you know, a, a type of energy that we <laughs> aren't familiar with in games. It, it does maybe seem a little cliche, uh, just it kind does. of large orchestral action music and the, you know, the samples that are several years There's a out lot of, date. of this type of music in the score, too. Right. Yeah, it, it does. It is interesting um, when it comes to judging a video game soundtrack. And I think this is one of the reasons why um, it's just so tricky in the games industry in general to have sort of like a standardized like awards ceremony or, or a way of awarding composers because games, I think, in general, tend to be much more wide ranging and diverse in every aspect of them than yeah. films are. So, I mean, I think it's hard to award, you know, best cinematographer of an entire year when you're talking about every kind of movie, but something like that becomes more difficult when you're looking at games. It's like, uh, how do you compare a video game soundtrack for the iPhone that maybe has a couple great pieces of music that work really well mm -hmm. to something that's massive that would be like an eight 
CD soundtrack. Well, here's the thing I'll say about know, 14 composers. is I don't think it's fair to put that much critique on any specific piece of music. I don't think that's the focus. I think what's so impressive about this is how much music Sokin was able to make. All of it is effective and well done. None of it's, none of it's bad. Um, and it all works really well together to really put you in this world, put you in this specific world. Um, and the music is very consistent. And I think he did a really good job when you think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'd like to hear um, a little bit more, not reference to Uematsu, but a little bit. I, I think he's someone who's stylistically hard to get close to. There's not really one set of adjectives you could use to describe um uematsu's style and mm-hmm. final fantasy music is certainly not one thing in particular i guess uh some of my favorite music from recent entries in this series are are ones where i feel like the spirit of the composition is kind of lifting up um the spirit of what's always been great in the series and i think there are definitely moments where that happens we should see if today in our playlist if we capture that at all we'll have to just see as we go okay the next piece of music so far i would say is the most epic um we've heard but also does have a strong melody uh, i like this one this is the maker's ruin Very impressive. You guys are listening to The Maker's Ruin. Just a taste. This is composed by Masayoshi Soken. So far, everything we've heard today has been composed by that person from A Realm Reborn. Again, it's that redone version of this game. It had a little bit of a rough start. Um, and so, yeah, you can't really play the original version of the game, I don't think. Um, in that version of the soundtrack, they did release that just before it was relaunched. And they called that uh, Before Meteor, Final Fantasy XIV. And so coming up, we're playing two pieces from that defunct version, I should say. But yeah, this is impressive. I mean, it's so epic. And I think having a piece of music uh, like this that goes so big when you have so much music to compose, I think is doubly impressive. And there's a lot of tracks like this that go this big, have the epic choir and the orchestra, just a lot of bombast. Yeah, I I think this is probably the strongest composition that we've listened to today. I think uh, it certainly has my favorite melody. But I would agree. In every level, um, there's a very sort of potent energy here that it's uh, just so dang exciting. 
I think my only criticism, and I, it goes in line with some of the other things you've been saying, th there's just something cliche about this kind of orchestration, this type of presentation. But, you know, this isn't a brand new game. So, I mean, I, yeah. I think I, it, part of that is just the earmark of maybe listening to uh, an era that we've maybe just recently kind of, or a chapter we've recently well, closed Well, another thing the book we should on. say is... Sokin knew that this was going to be sequenced. He knew that it wasn't going to be performed by a real orchestra. And so subconsciously even, there might be a tendency to not make as bold orchestral decisions, um, orchestration decisions when you know it's just going to be sequenced. And I think if this was right. reorchestrated and performed by a real ensemble, I think we would be singing a little more. Uh, the praises of this piece. Yeah, of music. I mean, I I do really think the melody is strong, and it definitely yeah. fits what I was talking about before. It's where solid. this feels like it can be in the lineage, but to me, it actually also falls into that category of things we've talked about before, where it's sort of like, it's not like this sounds like Final Fantasy. It just right. sounds like video game music. You know, well, yeah, if... da, 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 da. I mean, that could be in so many different series, but it's a great melody. Well, if you want to hear classic Final Fantasy music, at least in the context of today, let's move on to uh, a one-two punch. These are pieces composed by Nobuo Uematsu from the original version of the game, which I guess only lasted a couple years, and that soundtrack release is called Before Meteor Final Fantasy XIV. This one is called Where the Heart Is. Now, it's really confusing because there was a later track called where the heart is that Sokin composed that's a different piece of music and so it's clearly replacing this context here but i tracked this one down and i really like this a lot let's take a listen to this composed by uematsu guys listening to the gorgeous where the heart is composed by uematsu from the original version of final fantasy 14 and i did listen to as much of that as i could uh that's also a massive score in addition to this redone version in addition to all the expansions which are on their own massive so i did my best listening to a whole world of music that you could spend months listening to and yes, there's probably a lot of great Uematsu stuff from this original version um, that I didn't get around to checking out or, or considering. Uh, it's just it's just tough. I got this sense that most people that are a fan of this game probably are listening to and want to hear the A Realm Reborn version. That was the sense I got. Again, I don't play this game, so I don't know for sure. 
but that was definitely more prevalent um, of a version that I that I was seeing. Sure, this is I great. Mean, I I so love this. I mean, Uematsu, what a wonderful composer, and I think we've talked about this before, but he's someone that I feel like just gets better and better as he gets older. He almost has yeah. refined his sensibilities to a palette that this is so classic, even more accessible. Like I just I love his. Uh, this melody is so outstanding. The chord progression is so outstanding. It's just I will really say beautiful. that it is a breath of fresh air on this playlist, too. I mean, his approach to melody and even composition is quite different. Um, I was sad to hear that they replaced this piece, I will be honest. Yeah, it kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me why they... W- wouldn't I mean, this is a situation that happens all the time in, you know, media music where... Uh, in games and stuff too, if a soundtrack needs to be redone or ported from one system to another, sometimes it's just easier for the composer to write something new right. than to have to do an arrangement of something that already exists. What I heard, um, and this makes even more sense, is that when they did the redone version, Sokin had not a lot of time to make that score. He was more rushed and more kind of under the gun to do all that redone music, some of it brand new, some of it, you know, taking the older themes and changing it. Uh, I think the original version of the soundtrack, those composers led by Uematsu had a lot more time. And so it would have been interesting if I just limited myself to that original score. Maybe there's other gems that we're missing here. But in any case, let's play one more Uematsu track from the original. This is, I really like this a lot. It's called Nail of the Heavens. It rocks. Let's check it out. Absolutely rocking. You guys are listening to, so far, my favorite of the day. This is Nail of the Heavens, composed by Nobuo Uematsu from Before Meteor, Final Fantasy XIV. You can kind of think of it maybe as its own little expansion if you want to. Uh, this you, is You know what's a little really disappointing good. about, uh, well, not necessarily disappointing, but it's interesting about an MMORPG or any game that requires kind of an online presence to it is the music is almost less like something in a fixed medium and it's more like i don't know i mean i remember like on the wii u shop music it would change every season or it's like there is a part of that with background music for a show or something that's like it's not necessarily going to always be there yeah and so it's interesting that they you know started with one set of you know themes and pieces of music a lot written by 
uh, series legend Nobuo Uematsu, and then when they, as they sort of improved the game, they they actually I will removed say, a lot of that music. There is a lot of instances where they did reuse, and sometimes it might be Soken taking an Uematsu piece and changing it, or taking his own piece. He did compose for that original version as well, uh, and changing right. it. So there's a lot of, there is moments of reusing, but there's plenty of times when they either replaced something or left it out and so i don't really know why it's too bad uh, this because is a this piece of music is yeah so strong great melody very hooky and memorable but yeah it rocks really well and overall the production on these two uematsu pieces uh, i think is several steps ahead of the now, I just again I want to give another disclaimer. I'm not an expert on this game, so Jack and all the fans of 14, if you wanted just to hear that before Meteor version and are sad that I'm playing so much of the other version, I apologize. Uh, that was I just did my best trying to find uh, some sort of consensus online. Okay, so the next piece of music is by uh, a different composer, Suyoshi Sekito, the only Sekito track that made the playlist today. This is the Riders Boon. Absolutely beautiful. A little more reps- reminiscent of the Chrono series and of Mitsuda's style of music than the Final Fantasy series, but I'll take it because I love the track. This is composed by Sekito. It's the Rider's Boon, which uh, apparently is mount music. Uh, looks like a horse to me when you're riding something like a horse in the game. Um, it's really pretty, and I think it's a really nice change of pace on the playlist. I like this a lot. Yeah, I agree. It's one of the fun things about an RPG soundtrack is that you can get lots of different sort of tones and styles. I like the chord progression at the beginning, um, the use of that. I want a quicker term for it, but it's the... So in a minor key, it's essentially when you have the six chord from the parallel major. So it's a lot of terminology, but essentially I mean if you're in, say, the key of C minor... Um, the diatonic six chord would be an A-flat major chord. But sometimes a lot of uh, Japanese composers add this moment of brightening with a minor chord, which is really interesting. They'll use an A minor 7 if I that's love that sound. the key that we're in. Um, that's, a, that's a sound of it's a wondrous, so many... It's a wondrous, mysterious yeah, sound. Yeah, very wondrous, sparkly, and very similar harmony um, or kind of harmonic... Uh, relationship to kind of like if you think of the song Sir Duke 
that really sort of sparkly brightening chord it's not the same thing but it's the same type of relationship where yeah, it's like I taking you. a chord from another key to have this moment of sparkle and shimmer it, to me what i love about that sort of harmonic movement it's almost that feeling of getting shivers down your spine or like seeing something in a slightly different way yeah to uh, me I that always was think of it is like the hiroki morishida chord because in that really famous composition what if i'm not worthy of her yeah. ideals you know that that's such an effective technique it kind of stops you in your tracks to me this was a stand-up piece of music and i was reading a lot of comments of people that really love this in game Uh, i think you know there's a lot of people that are so into this game and i think it speaks to the immersion of the game that this music means a lot to to those people uh we're gonna move on to a fun and slightly frantic kind of latin piece of music this one has a nice sense of humor to it it's ruby moonrise composed by soken let's take a listen You guys are listening to Ruby Moonrise, composed by Sokin from FF14. And I like this song. I think it's really fun. Uh, I think it's kind of hurt by the mixing and maybe the rushed production in a way. I sure. think there's some mixing things that uh, could have been improved. Uh, the flute definitely needs to come up, in my opinion. What's really strange about the drum sound is it's not a real drum kit, but this virtual drum kit, the bottom snare mic is way too loud because almost all you're hearing is that rattle of the metal snares against the drum it's it's a really weird snare tone and so yeah not a fan of maybe how this one sounds but i love the composition i wonder if some aspect of the engineering and mixing on this has some intentional double entendre it's very frantic there's something upsetting about it it's like the composition is so great maybe that's the case in that uh, very much in a pastiche style, but the the production almost seems to be going against the emotion here, which makes Let's me just think give that him maybe credit. this has Let's a just give him the context. benefit of the doubt, shall we? <laughs> what the piece of music kind of reminded me of is there's a similar kind of Latin track in uh, Sonic Unleashed. I know we've played it before. Oh, dude, I, I, I was, forget if it's that I was one right there with you. The no, I, you're totally right. I believe it was Unleashed. Yeah, there's like a kind of great 
you know, jazz flute, Latin-y track in, in that one. I will that say that one puts really this to shame. Of. No offense, Soken, but sure. <laughs> yeah, I, there's something better. disturbing about the way this, the sound of this, the way it's produced, the kind of reverb, just the the tone of everything seems dark and twisted. And maybe that's not intentional, but maybe it's because it's a, I think it's a nighttime version. Yeah. I think there's a daytime version as well. We should listen to that one and see how it's different. Okay, let's move on to uh, the one Naoshi Mizuta track that made the playlist uh he did some uh work on the original version and he did some work on this redone version this is reign of pain You guys are listening to Reign of Pain. This one was composed by Naoshi Mizuda, and I think Mizuda did a really good job of fitting in with the pre-established style that Soken kind of set up for this redone score. The the Mizuda tracks that, that I listened to from A Realm Reborn really surprised me that it's even Mizuta. It doesn't necessarily remind me of his style, so I think he did a good job blending in. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It definitely doesn't sound like... You know, I wouldn't necessarily have guessed that this was Naoshi Mizuta, but I think that's one of his strengths as a composer is that he's very versatile and tends to write in it's true. a variety of different styles. Um, but, I mean, even within his kind of, you know, writing in the idiom of orchestral epic video game music, this definitely doesn't remind me of any other particular composition I've heard from him. It's true. I do think it goes sort of in line with the other things that we've heard. I, I, I'm i curious, you know, I if they were all... I imagine on a project like this, when things are sequenced, there's probably some final engineer or producer who's kind of like signing off on the tracks like probably uh, wet, and not necessarily that it's all implemented and i'm sure they're all using i guess probably the same virtual instrument libraries but i imagine there's some last well definitely someone's mastering them for sure yeah. yeah yeah so i'm really excited guys eventually to get we're almost there to get to the expansion music because i will say it's better. It improves a lot. Soken does a really good job. And part of that is these are more recent scores, sometimes three years, four years after. Um, and so the technology has improved. I get the feeling like he had more time to work on those scores. And so for whatever reason, I'm really, I'm really excited to move on to that. But before we do that, this is a nice uh, <laughs> change of pace here. And it might be a little unfair because it's not an original piece from this game, but I couldn't resist this because I enjoyed it so much. This is, it's called Battle Theme 1.x. 
And it is originally uh, taken from Final Fantasy II. It's a battle theme from that game. Uh, and it's just a lot of fun and very nostalgic. Let's take a listen to this from 14. You guys listening to Battle Theme 1.x. This is arranged by Masayoshi Sokin, really jazzing up the original Final Fantasy II battle. Um, it is a treat to get that classic melody and that old school uh, kind of Final Fantasy style music originally from Uematsu and injecting it with some surprising arrangement choices and an interesting genre choice. Uh, it's just so much fun. I couldn't resist playing this. Yeah, I like the nod to sort of the chip music in here. I do think it's tough because I definitely would describe this as like a heavily arranged piece. Like it's more of a reference or a nod to that melody. But it's tough when you have something that's like that particular battle theme, I think is just absolutely perfect. It's so classic and iconic. And any sort of changes or deviations from something that's already kind of perfect, you you kind of feel it, I think, more. And I do think it helps that it doesn't really, uh, like the the um that solo violin sample is like so obviously fake that that's also maybe affecting. Well, I do have a defense for this. I don't think that Sokin was trying to make a definitive version of that theme for this game. I think it was almost just a comedic moment. I think it was like, oh, that's cool. They're going back to this theme, but they're really toying with it and playing with it. And that's what he did. And I think it it works really well. It's at the end of the day, it's just a, it's an entertaining piece of music. I almost think, though, I would probably prefer taking the style of that original piece and doing something new, making a new melody rather than taking just the melody of something and doing it in a totally different way. That's interesting. In some cases, if it's a more like tuneful theme, but that's something that has a very specific vibe and energy, they'd almost be better to just do that. Yeah, I think when it comes to write a new melody on top of making something that stands on its own, I would agree with you, but it's possible they wanted to have this kind of winky joke moment right um but in any case it was fun glad i got to include it let's move on to a beautiful one this is called green wrath composed by masayoshi soken
You guys listening to Green Wrath, which is a highlight for me. This is very beautiful. I really like these beautiful piano-led pieces by Soken. Uh, the Gift of Life is a similar feel to this. And every time I came across one, I shouldn't say every time, I would I feel like I really wanted to include it and rated it very highly. Um, this one was one of my favorites. I don't believe it's a particularly popular track from the score i did try to do a balance of including some popular ones and also just including some ones i really responded to i like this yeah i like the harmonies in the beginning i like that it has that sort of um a quasi jazz mysterious feeling to it yet there's something so distinctly i don't know video gamey and japanese about the way these chords are voiced and even the overall production and everything yep uh, i think the you know kind of synth virtual orchestra uh, sounds a lot more tasteful in an example like this than it does in some of the rocking stuff i would agree music again that's it's meant just to less have in a your more face abrupt articulation yeah exactly um and it tends to it's a little more wet with reverb and you have these nice soft smooth attacks mm-hmm. i think yeah it, it's it's tough um when it comes to Uh, virtual instrument stuff because you know everyone's listening out for different things and we're often the ambassadors for listen out to you know the core music underneath i think what's difficult is you know if this music was as interesting as something from say like the princess connect series i think i'd forgive the uh the particular we can't not bring that up <laughs> digital arrangement but when the music feels not necessarily cliche but just kind of um unexceptional just like i don't mean that like it's bad i mean like it's literally just not blowing my mind or anything right you do kind of notice some of these things like oh i wish they would have used dynamics more i wish they would have changed the articulation on some of the notes or made the timing a little different something to give it more humanity to it because it does you know it is really fascinating better when you compare a score like this to a score like Princess Connect, clearly very different. But one of the reasons they're so different is one score is led by one person composing an insanely large amount of music. The other score has an insanely large cast of different people, each contributing just a small amount and also a much bigger budget, which is almost exclusively for real performers, uh, where the other one is all isn't it ironic that Final Fantasy, one of the most legendary series in all of gaming, has a smaller budget than Princess mm-hmm. Connect? I mean, it's strange. I know that the that kind of the collectibles are kind of a craze in Japan, but I don't know. It's to very me, strange. It's like... It's it, yeah, it, it's hard for me to grasp why that would be. Well, we have one more piece uh, from A Realm Reborn before we move on to music that I'm really particularly excited about. Now, if it was up to me, I would have done most of the playlist uh, of Shadowbringer stuff and some Stormblood stuff. I didn't want to upset people that that really wanted to focus on just the mainline 14. So again, if if I should have done that, I apologize. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but we're gonna play one more. This is my soul to keep. And it's a nice organ kind of tragic piece of music. It's a mixture of that video game music style with maybe something that came before it. I like it. My soul to keep.
You guys are listening to My Soul to Keep, um, really effective uh, background video game music. Um, I wish there were more moments like this. When Soken strips things down, focuses on one instrument, an instrument that happens to sound good, uh, this virtual organ works very well. Um, it's actually more imaginative to me, and it kind of puts me more in a specific vibe than some of the bombastic sequenced orchestral stuff. Uh, so yeah, I kind of wish there was maybe more of this type of music, but yeah. I like it. I also love the the duality of something that's very much referencing kind of like pipe organ classical literature, mm-hmm. but done on this electric organ. There's a fun, playful duality there, but I, I guess that. it also makes you think of sort of like a cheap funeral home kind of a thing. <laughs> uh, Monkey Island or something. There's something about you know? it. Yeah, there's, there's a tongue-in-cheek humorous quality also with that auto pan going back and forth it's very intentionally you know electric uh i yeah that's that's a really good point i I mean i'm a big fan of um you know i i a grad student now in this uh music composition for the screen program and we got a really interesting assignment this week that uh i thought you would find interesting carl which is that um we've basically been doing some of these compositions and we're supposed to orchestrate uh um two of them and we're supposed to do two different versions of each Mm. and one that's sort of going in the style of what you would expect from the composition and one is meant to go against it meaning that if it sounds like an action cue and it's you know a lot of 30 second second notes and blistering and it's kind of symphonic do Mm -hmm. the traditional orchestral arrangement that you'd expect and then do one to completely go in the opposite direction that's cool that could either be in terms of like maybe it's different kinds of instruments of the orchestra or maybe it's entirely synths or maybe it's like a percussion choir but it's like yeah i think there's that interesting kind of there whether it's comedy or whether it's just another layer to it when you have a piece of music that's presented that's adding something like this track you know it's pipe it's a great example of that through the valence of electric organ music it's really cool well guys i couldn't be more excited to move on to a little focus on Shadowbringers music this is an expansion that came out in 2019 and it was again led by soken uh he did an outstanding job with this score uh the next two pieces i'm really excited about the first one is this kind of vgm rpg meets pop music it features some really zany vocals which is cool and then the one after that is kind of this like folk rock orchestral banger uh let's start off with this this is what angel wakes me
You guys listening to What Angel Wakes Me, and it's hard to know how to describe this. It's such a weird piece. To me, the first time I listened to it, I felt this perverted energy. There's a creepiness to it, but it is very cool. Very interesting composition. Um, it To say it's a standout is an understatement. This is a huge standout. Yeah, th- this is a piece of music that is just bursting with variety of connotations and contexts. Uh, it's really fascinating. It's something that is And this very is the useful. same composer all, that we've been talking about all day. <laughs> but yeah, first of all, the composition is great. I love the chords. I love the melody. I like the sort of 3-4 enchanted, haunted... Uh, quality to it. It also, yeah, it also makes 3-4 feel like a super odd meter in the way that, like, uh, I think part of just having a, a groove does that, but yeah. the particular nature of it, it feels like you're always skipping a beat in the way that, like, 5-8 or 7-8 What does. I think is interesting and impressive about this piece is I never imagined a really breathy, small, cute Japanese vocalist would be so creepy. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other thing is it's incredibly disturbing because there's a whispering quality to it and the lyrics have a lot of the consonants that it feels a little, yeah, there's something perverted about it. I I think this would be a great piece of music in sort of a dark serious comedy yep um sort of some heavy dark during a montage just something kind of weird and creepy there's something about it i feel like it has a lot of potential to be utilized in different ways i absolutely loved that that was me too definitely a standout that was my second favorite and my first favorite is what we're gonna play now it's this week's track of the week i couldn't resist and it's possible that this isn't representative of the style of Final Fantasy XIV music, but it's my personal favorite track that I heard. It is also from Shadowbringers. It's called From the Dragon's Wake. Let's check it out. this is good you guys are listening to this week's track of the week from the dragon's wake composed by masayoshi soken from final fantasy 14 shadow bringers still part of the overall experience of final fantasy 14 
And I feel like I'm making a little bit of an assumption here, but I feel like this is Soken when he has a little bit more time, a little bit more breathing room, and, uh, you know, more technology at his disposal. Uh, what an incredible composer, very talented and creative. I love this. Yeah, it definitely feels like he's kind of pulling out all the stops with this one, which it yep. def- it, it, like it, it's just bursting with creativity. It's bursting with energy. It has a great melody. Once it gets into the song proper, it's pretty hooky and very memorable. And here's what I noticed. Listening to the whole Shadowbringer score, it's still very, very big. It's not quite as big as A Realm Reborn, but it's still pretty big. And despite that... There's there's a more of a specific identity that every individual yeah. piece has, and there's track after track where they really have a unique, special quality to them. Sure. And where yeah, it felt like a Realm so Reborn far, was more about just like this overall cohesive experience. Yeah, Realm Reborn. It's like if I had to define it in one word, it would be kind of cliche. Yeah. And this is almost the anti-cliche. Yeah. It's like each composition is like so distinct. And it's so much more interesting rhythmically. It's so much more interesting harmonically in terms of the arrangement. I think the yeah. melodies are stronger. The writing is just bursting with creativity. Now, there's a it, lot it, of it, other it definitely tracks. Feels like there's a different. There's like a different brief or a different intent oh, behind sure. the composition. I think there is. Now, there is a lot is a of pieces of music of from A Realm Reborn we didn't focus on today that were a little bit more zany, a little bit more unique. I didn't happen to like them as much musically. So I think Shadowbringers is doubly impressive because it has that uniqueness, but it's also just great music. Let's play one more from Shadowbringers before we move on to a little bit of another expansion. This is called Invincible. It's a stark contrast from the epic, bombastic music of A Realm Reborn. I will say this is what a difference of six years makes, folks. Um, from 2013 to 2019, obviously the technology has improved, um, but it's possible Soken has improved too. Uh, this is so much more confident writing, in my opinion, than, than similar sounding pieces we heard earlier today. I love this. I also think just the... Again, the assignment is different, and the mood. I mean, I think the yeah, mood of true. a realm reborn is responding to people hating something that failed, and I think this is maybe in the spirit of let's do something additive. Let's yes. add it. Let's look yes. at a new dimension or go in a different direction. Which at least for the so music, much more there's so much creative creativity coming across. I can't speak to what this expansion is about, but yeah. holy moly! I mean, definitely my favorite. 
uh, facet of this world of Final Fantasy XIV music is Shadowbringers, without a doubt. I also think the fact of adding in just a handful of uh, live performance of real instruments and real instrumentalists yeah. uh, mixed in there, even in a very small and subtle way, it's it's so important to have that human element. Whether you're having um, actual musicians playing or not, whether it's something that you're meticulously trying to emulate through technology, but that's why it's like, I don't know, the sort of a lot of principles of composition apply as much to electronic or electronically produced music as they would to acoustic music, which is that dynamics are important. Contrast is important, you know, and I think the kind of virtual instrument produced stuff that's least successful is music that is just completely you know it's all loud it's all one articulation it's all this or all that and i get why composers are tempted to do that because they feel like well the samples aren't real so i'll have a million of them playing at the same time (laughs) and a lot of reverb and loud rock guitars and big drums and it's like that'll somehow mask it but it's like but every one of those individual elements is fake you'd be better to have way less stuff and spend the time to make each of those in things, yeah, so I with, think albeit fake instruments have depth and nuance and breadth and expression. I think to for it. many reasons, in my opinion, the Shadowbringer score has that depth in the nuance, whether it's the composition, totally. the arrangement, the, yeah. the presentation. So, such a big fan of that. Um, we could have just focused that on was that. Outstanding. Maybe in the future we'll do that. Okay, let's move on to Stormblood. This is another expansion. Now, I'm doing it out of order. I believe that Stormblood was an expansion that came out two years before Shadowbringers. So I think this is 2017 here. Uh, Again, led by Soken, also joined by Uematsu, apparently, for this score. Very cool. Let's take a listen to a piece called Deception. You guys listening to the outstanding piece, Deception, composed by Masayoshi Soken. He is joined by Uematsu on this score. This is Stormblood, Final Fantasy XIV, and it's it's such a breath of fresh air coming from all of that Realm Reborn music, which was good music, but in my opinion, there wasn't this level of melodic potency and just presentation and polish in every aspect of this piece. I just am a big fan of this. Yeah, this is where it's at. The percussion is great too. Uh, yeah. I really like the 
the sounds here. I mean, you can tell the production is more sophisticated. The melody is um, so solid, too. Yeah, the, the, it just seems like the overall compositions are much more inspired. I mean, I yeah. think context has a big part to do with it. If you have, if you're under a huge time crunch and you're not feeling inspired and you have to do a massive soundtrack, yep. imagine that's not going to be a, the kind of pleasant experience that will be conducive to... How is it possible that Sokin was not incredibly overwhelmed and stressed when working on A Realm Reborn? I don't think it's possible that he wasn't. And maybe some of that came across in the music. Sure. It's certainly possible. I mean, also, it's like... I could be totally wrong. (laughs) Three years, six years, these are long periods of time. And I mean, I think the best composers are the ones that keep pushing themselves, keep trying to learn, trying to grow and get better at every facet of their music making from the initial conception of an idea to the Mm -hmm. final product. I mean, I think some composers sort of stagnate and fall into safe, comfortable routines. And I mean, you know, if if something's working for you, more power to you. But I do think the best composers are always trying to push themselves to get better. And I think Uematsu is someone like that, where I feel like he's really blossomed into this sort of kind of i see him as almost like a monastic monk-like composer he writes these sort of perfect flawless melodies really pure and rich ideas where it's like he had to go through all of these different phases it's almost cyclical like there's something about his nes music that is a little bit simpler partly because it's on the nes but there's something (laughs) simpler about those melodies even though there's a little bit of an experimental vein and then it seemed like with every subsequent console generation he started getting more and more out there and experimental with his musical choices but now i feel like now that he's older he's like come full circle around and he's it's very interesting isn't it composer with a whole tool belt i think a lot of you know artists have a a curve like that where they go through different periods and styles and hopefully you're always growing well guys we have one more Stormblood track to play, and it's a nice, calming way to end the day, but I wanted to give a shout-out. Please listen to the playout. It's called A New Hope, and it's from A Realm Reborn, so I'm going back to Realm Reborn, and what, what I, why I placed it at the end is I actually do think it's one of the strongest, most exciting orchestral tracks from A Realm Reborn that does get close to the quality uh, that he brings in something like Shadowbringers and Stormblood. And so I thought it was nice to kind of go back to that for the very end. Um, it Honestly, there were moments of it that reminded me of Super Mario Galaxy. So look forward to that. Before that, let's take a listen to the very pretty Westward Tide.
very interesting. You guys are listening to Westward Tide. This is composed by Soken. 90% of the music today was as well. It's from Stormblood, Final Fantasy XIV. I hope all of you XIV fans, especially Jack, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Some of my choices, some of my you know balance of including different elements of this game uh, hopefully worked out. I really liked a lot of this music, particularly the expansion stuff, um, was really, really impressed by it. And I had a good time going through such a massive score and really hats off to Soken for making so much music and so much good music. I also think it's important for us to take a step back at a moment like this, really step outside ourselves, because I think as people that talk about video game music, um, we're so accustomed to all of this stuff. But if you really look at it, it's like... Final Fantasy, what a massive series. I mean, how yeah. many games and spin-offs have there been? Just Too 14. There's count. like there's enough music in 14, like more music in that game than a lot of when other you think series about it, total. When you think about it, that's just one series and you think about how relatively new games are, yet how many video game soundtracks there are and continue to be produced. Yep. Thank God for games. This vehicle <laughs> for so much rich instrumental music. The music world would that be a lot absolutely less interesting. Would not be written would not be created mm-hmm. without this medium so i personally i'm just so grateful that you know series like final fantasy exist where you can sort of trace their musical evolution and can yeah. be these great vehicles for so many people that some of them might not have even been composers were there not video games who knows how much art we wouldn't have without this medium and i think no matter what episode we listen to it's just something that i think all of us that are fans of this medium and fans of this music can be so grateful for because there's such a rich tradition genre style yeah um but particularly just the craft of writing instrumental score to an interactive medium, I think, has produced so much outstanding art. Another thing I found fascinating is I really enjoyed the journey we went on today, going from music that was all solid, all strong, but really felt like it was growing as time went on. And, and really yeah. hearing a different headspace from Silken with some of those later It's funny. Entries. It's kind of like the arc of, like, you know, the two-act structure of a film, that it's like your character starts and maybe makes the wrong decision and gets to his lowest point but then overcomes it like i love the idea of ending yeah. strong of ending which on, we you know, really this high today. point man um it's it's that that's definitely a much more encouraging story than the one where it's like oh that person's washed up or they did yep. this one great thing but nothing since like i, I like in uematsu i think is a perfect example like I think he's someone who's gotten better over the years. And I take that as a real source of inspiration, finding artists who push themselves to continue to grow. Well, thanks, Jack, for your support. And thanks to all of our patrons for your support. We really appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for listening. Another plug here, if you're listening to this on day of release, it comes out September 28th, this coming weekend is Meg West. Our set is going to be airing on Saturday, October 3rd, I believe at... 810 Pacific uh, PM, which is Central 10, 10 PM, I'm pretty sure. So we'll let you know if that changes. So it's slightly late. Definitely stay up for that. It's only a half an hour, so you won't be up too late. Um, but that's going to be a good time. You guys will really enjoy that set. Anything else you got, Will, at the end? I think that's it. I hope everybody stays safe, and I hope Indeed. you all have a really good rest of your week. All right. We love you guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Take care, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.